So here's the million dollar question. How are men like us who work hard, have good motives and a God-given purpose supposed to fulfill the calling on our lives and the dreams in our hearts, all while establishing sexual integrity, thriving relationships, and a meaningful connection with God? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Sathya Sam. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. What's up, everybody? It's Sathya Sam here. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you're having a fantastic day. And um, I just want to thank a bunch of you who had given some feedback last week. We launched an episode and the episode was all about how um, I'm kind of doing this information detox this year and really consolidating the sources of, you know, information between podcasts and books. And specifically, I was focusing on books. And anyway, I I yawned a bunch in the original recording of the episode and somehow we missed it in the post-production. And so sure enough, the episode got released with all these yawns in it and, um, Anyway, a bunch of you messaged me about it. I so appreciate it. You have no idea, guys. Like, um, I mean, the podcast is not even a year old, which is crazy because, you know, we're, I think we're uh, about to pass uh, 30,000 downloads. And I'm, I'm still like a rookie at this through and through. And so, you know, uh, even just the systems on the back end, like when you do a daily podcast, we have a weekly newsletter, we post on social media every day. And then obviously I interview on other platforms. I coach clients. I mean, it, it's just crazy, you know, and we're still getting our systems dialed in. And sometimes an episode and in this case, a couple yawns slip through the cracks. And um, thanks to those of you who messaged me because I, I wouldn't have known. I listen to the uh, to the podcast, but usually um, it's sporadic. I, I don't listen back to every episode. So um, your feedback just means the world to me, guys. Thank you again. Appreciate it. And um, I'm excited. I'm really excited. We, we have some really cool things going on with Deep Clean. Uh, I will just mention, uh, I think at the time of this episode, we're full, but we are working on, on switching a few things around, making some shifts because uh, we want to accommodate more people. And really, just since the launch of the book and with the growth of the podcast, we're getting a lot more interest in the program. And, you know, uh, for those of you who own businesses or side hustles, that kind of thing, you know, um, sometimes you just realize that what you're doing is actually not scalable or you hit a limit. And um, yeah, I, I think I think we kind of just had that happen here in the last couple of months. And so we're, we're brainstorming uh, some ways to expand that. And I just want to let you know, if you're interested in our program, you can still go online. You should still be able to book a time with me. And um, if you can see a time in my calendar that's available to be booked, then it does mean that we have at least a couple spots open, if not um, a spot or two, or it means that you know we have made our adjustments and we're ready to, to take in another influx. So um, yeah, and if you want more uh, up-to-date stuff, the podcast is actually not the place to get uh, a, a, fee, a feel rather of whether or not we're, uh, we're letting people in. It's really our Instagram. That's where we uh, let people know right away, hey, you know, we got some spots, come on in. And um, that's just because I can post on social media real time but these episodes are scheduled a little bit in advance. Now, all that is to say, guys, we are diving into a really interesting topic today, and that is the topic of self-hatred. Oh, man, I hear that, and I can feel my muscles tense a little bit. I personally have not dealt with a lot of self-hatred. I've been very fortunate that way. If you're wondering why, there are um, probably some intangibles, like I've just always been a pretty confident kid, uh, very happy-go-lucky, don't take a lot of things personally, I, I would say I'm sensitive and at the same time I'm I'm well-rounded or I have a good head on my shoulders, 
But I, I am also the product of great parenting. Um, you know, my parents were, again, not perfect, and they, they have their, their stuff, but they were always very present, always there for me, really showed a lot of care, and just created a nurturing environment where I think I was free to just be myself. Um, and I also just performed well academically. Uh, from a very young age, you know, I skipped a grade. So when you get that kind of attention and affirmation from your peers and from your teachers, it sort of instills this sense of like value. And um, and for me, in, in my case, I would say just a healthy self-esteem. So I haven't dealt with self-hatred. Now, why am I sharing all that? Because I, I want you to know that, um, that while I haven't dealt with it uh, for most of my life, I actually did encounter it when my wife and I started dating. And oh man, I'm almost embarrassed to share this story because it's it's quite kind of vulnerable. But basically, when when my wife and I started dating, I was a pastor at uh, a local church, and I was really celebrated in that community. I I was trusted. They loved my preaching. They loved my worship leading. I felt like I belonged, and I had something to offer, and I was really thriving. And at the same time, my wife was really stepping up as a worship leader at her lo- local church, which is the church that uh, that we then kind of eventually landed at to, to attend together. But, but again, just thriving. And, you know, everywhere you went to that church, this was a big church. And, you know, it's like, oh, Shaloma, have you heard Shaloma's new song? Or did you hear Shaloma's set? You know, like they just loved her. And it was really fun. It was just fun for us to be both thriving in our environments. You know, sometimes we would lead worship on uh, at our respective churches Sunday mornings, and then I would drive down to see her because we were, uh, you know, about 90 minutes apart at the time. So I drive down to see her and we talked about our sets and how things went. And it was really, really fun. Anyway, about uh, 10, 10 months into dating, God called me to Toronto. That's where she was living. And, and to the church specifically, I actually took a job on staff at the church. And I came back and I had been part of that church a few years prior. So people knew me and stuff. And um, and in the, those previous seasons, I was, I was again, just like I got some attention and people knew who I was. But I had been away now for a couple of years and I had a handful of friendships, but it wasn't the same. Meanwhile, Shaloma was totally thriving. And so I had left this place where I was thriving, where people knew who I was, where I was really Um, you know, just involved and celebrated and loved. And now I'm in this environment where I'm kind of hidden behind the scenes. Nobody really knows who I am and everybody is raving about my wife and uh, my girlfriend at the time. And so I, I really, really struggled with myself. And I, I, I didn't consciously have these thoughts, but in reflection now, I realized that subconsciously I concluded that something must be wrong with me because she's getting all this attention and I'm not. It was like this classic kind of jealousy, insecure, orphan mindset of like, oh, people aren't seeing me and acknowledging me as much as her. So I either need to step it up, kind of the striving thing, performance thing, or there's something wrong with me. So it's either very external of like, I'm going to be driven, I'm going to accomplish like crazy, and I'm going to show everybody what I'm really worth. Or it's very internally driven and it's like, there's something wrong with me. I hate myself. Why am I not different? So I have had experiences with self-hatred and I wanted to just share a a few little nuggets about what you can do if you've dealt with this in any capacity. For me, the the problem with self-hatred is that it's such a strong term. And maybe, maybe some of you hear that term and you're like, yeah, I totally resonate with it. You don't have that angst around the subject. But for me, like I hear that and even just, even just to say like, I hated myself feels so strong because I think hatred and hate is just 
a very weighty kind of term. So whether it really resonates with you or maybe you've just had degrees of it where you're aware that some of your frustration and and anger and, you know, discrepancies in life have become, you know, geared towards yourself. You've sort of pointed them inward and said, why aren't you better? Why aren't you more? If you did this, you would be loved and then you wouldn't be rejected. You know, those kinds of tiny little conversations that happen in our heart. You've dealt with any of that. I wanted to just give you a few things that you can really think about and really one specific thing that you can do that I think is going to help you tremendously in this area. Now, I, I personally believe, and this is really based on my own experience, I personally believe that hate is typically a coping mechanism that allows us to control a situation. Hate allows us to have control. Now, like I said, hate is only one side of the coin. It's the internal coin, the self-hatred. The other element is that we, we really pursue external things. And, and that would be um, another way to control. But ultimately, like for me, when I think about that season where it was like, what have I done? I've put myself in this job. I'm behind the scenes. I'm hidden. Everybody loves my wife. Nobody knows who I am. There must be something wrong with me. Now, the reason I reached, it's not, (laughs) sorry, I had 75 thoughts at once in that moment. Um, it would be easy to say, yes, well, you, you concluded that because, you know, you had this insecurity and whatever else. It's easy to just say like, yeah, you you landed on kind of this like hate towards yourself because you believe something was wrong with you. But the question is, why did I need to draw a conclusion? What is it that was so uncomfortable about the discrepancy that I felt like I had to do something in the first place? And it's very simple. It is the need for control because control equals safety. So it it is this idea that it's like, well, I have to explain this discrepancy because if I don't, then I stay in this kind of foggy, uncertain, unsafe situation. So hate is typically a coping mechanism that allows us to have control of the situation. And it's crazy because I've witnessed this now in my clients. I've witnessed this in some of my loved ones, family and friends and whatever, that when when the, the, the sabotage and the hatred starts to get pointed inwards, often it is so that they can regain control of the situation. Now, you might hear that and you think, that's so silly. Like, who is going to gain control doing that kind of thing? And of course, that's my exact thought as well. But we we all do it because we need to have that control. We need to be able to explain and, and sort of contain what's going on so that it doesn't overwhelm us, it doesn't overtake us, and it doesn't threaten our safety. Now, of course, the irony of it is this is one of the poorest ways to bring safety back into an environment because it it deteriorates your sense of self. And and in the process, you are going to lose your sense of security, the very thing that can actually provide you safety in the first place. But we we have to start here so that we understand what's really at hand. It would be easy to say, you know, um, (laughs) if you deal with these discrepancies in life, hatred is when you go inward, uh, high performance is when you go outward. And you know, if it's high performance, just accept that you're just understand that you're loved, understand that you don't need to, you know, perform, you don't have to overdo it, you can just relax and you can rest. And if you're hating yourself, you, know, you need to find ways to just feel loved and find affirmation. It, it's so easy to kind of just prescribe these sort of logical solutions. But we actually have to get a little bit more underneath the surface and understand that what drives us to these solutions in the first place is the desire for control. 
Now, here is the thing, guys, okay, and this is the ultimate solution. The ultimate solution is control. And this is the crazy thing. The problem is that self-hatred or overachieving, both of those are poor forms of control. They are incomplete, insufficient, ineffective forms of control. So for you and I, if if you find yourself specifically dealing with self-hatred, yes, you need to have self-compassion. Yes, you need to find outlets. Yes, you need to refer back to places where you've been affirmed. Maybe even remind yourself of those seasons, of those times so that you don't lose sight of who you are. Very, very important. Not downplaying that at all. But what you are ultimately trying to do and what your heart is looking for at its core of cores is control. It is looking for what are the things I can control in this situation. Because for for Sathya, you know, five years ago or whenever that season was, it was really frustrating to see that my wife was thriving. She's just doing amazing. And I have nothing. And and in that discrepancy, uh, and again, it's not that I actually had nothing, but I perceived I had nothing. And for me, it was like, well, the only way I can explain this is me. And that gave me control of the situation. Then it's like, Okay, oh well at least we understand what's going on. Like I'm just I'm just a mess, you know. I just I'm just terrible at what I do or you know, whatever. Obviously, like it just sounds silly when I say it that way, but this is sort of what self-hatred does. Now, um something really practically you can do in, in a situation where you find that you are you are directing hate or anger or something towards yourself, I would just pull out your journal and I would ask yourself, what can I control? What can I actually control? And what this is going to do is it's going to dissipate the parts of your systems, your internal systems that are that are alerting you of a threat. The parts that are going, oh, no, 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 danger, danger. We have some uncertainty. We have a lack of understanding. We have a discrepancy we can't make sense of. And if you can identify what can I control? So for me, it was like, well, I can control how well I perform the assignment God's given me in this season, which is to be in a job that's behind the scenes. Um, which is to be a boyfriend to my girlfriend who is absolutely crushing it and to support her with all of my heart, soul, mind, and strength. Um, I can also control how I respond to my insecurities. Maybe I have to go get some help, which I did. I got counseling. I talked to some of our spiritual mentors and I, I, helped, I allowed them to, I guess, talk me through this or help me process it. Now, just writing down what you can control puts you in a state where you can then start to express self-compassion. So all of those solutions are great, but in my in my personal opinion, what I'd suggest you do is keep them at bay. I apologize for the background noise. Keep them at bay until you can first disarm the systems, bring safety back into the environment, get control of the situation or the parts of the situation that you can actually control, label those things, identify them, and then explore the solutions, the self-compassion seeking God out, letting God love you, letting people love you, finding places where you can actually succeed. And if you do that, it's going to be much more effective because if you're still in this sort of threatened state, you're actually just responding to the anxiety in a different way. Like you're, you're not doing yourself any favors. You're basically just, um, it's kind of like putting a blanket over the problem. It's like, imagine you had a bunch of dirt on the floor and rather than sweeping up the dirt, you just decide to put a blanket over it. And it's like, well, the floor is actually still dirty. It's just that it appears to be clean, right? Like when, you're, when you are overachieving or, or you, you choose, uh, sorry, not even overachieving, when you are expressing self-compassion towards yourself, when you are um, seeking those outlets or places that are going to help you feel loved and help you not hate yourself so much, 
If you do that, but you haven't disarmed the systems, well, the floor is still dirty. The problem is actually still there, but everything looks looks better and it looks like you're doing the right things. But if we ever have to peel the mat away or we have to reorganize the room, that dirt's going to come back up again. So, so disarm yourself first. It's going to be much more effective then when you start to express self-compassion, find those places of love and everything else. So I hope that gives you a way to handle self-hatred, maybe a little bit different than what you've normally thought of. And if you're looking for more trains like this, guys, and you really want to grow in uh, you know, your love of yourself, you want to get free of pornography, you want to become the man God made you to be, I want to invite you to join Deep Clean Inner Circle. That's a private community of men from around the world pursuing freedom just like you. Uh, you're going to get coaching, you're going to get trains from me, and you're going to get a sense of community. So you don't have to do this alone. Uh, we already have some really cool things happening in the group. We're just getting started and uh, we're going to start investing a lot more resources in there very, very soon. But, uh, but in the meantime, I encourage you to get plugged in. You can kind of be one of the uh, early adopters here and I'd love to see you in there. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you have an amazing day and we'll talk soon. Take care. Hey everybody, it's Sathya again. Thanks for listening to Unleash the Man Within. I wanted to take a quick moment to let you know about a free ebook that I wrote for you called The Ultimate Guide to Porn Recovery. It provides a basic framework for the recovery process and a few of my top tips completely free of charge. You can get it now at www.ultimaterecoveryguide.com. That's www.ultimaterecoveryguide.com. Now, if you've been impacted by the podcast and you want to show some support in less than 60 seconds, there are three ways you can do that. First, you can leave a rating or review on your podcast platform. This lets people like you know that the content here is valuable. Secondly, you can share this episode with someone in your life that might benefit from the content. If you're passionate about helping other people experience freedom and success in their lives, this is one of the easiest ways to do that. And lastly, you can subscribe. I personally only listen to the podcast that I subscribe to. If you're seeking daily encouragement, guidance, and insight in your recovery journey, I highly recommend subscribing to Unleash the Man Within. Thanks for listening. I look forward to connecting with you very, very soon. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast by Sathya Sam and his guests are for general information only and should not be considered medical, clinical, or any other form of professional advice. Any reliance on the information provided is done at your own risk.